Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. As they put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. I don't think we need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket on a drone ship is key. Charger, 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 <laughs> charger. How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? Safely. Charger, charger, charger. <laughs> you know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. You don't even have to I remember that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. All right, Robert. Good morning, Tesla Nation. Good morning, Robert. Yeah. I'm not the entire nation. Oh, you're not saying hi to me. You're saying hi to the people. I already said hi to you when I walked the, into the studio. On the interwebs and in, yes. in the in their cars. Podcasting their- can be very intimate because yes. we're in your ear. It's just us. We're not whispering. It's just the three of us. It's just us. Yeah. It's just Tom, uh-huh. me, yeah. and you. That's right. Unless, of course, you listen to this in a group setting, which would really be kind of interesting and strange. Then it would be more like a TED Talk. Is it like a book club kind of a situation that you're discussing right now? Yeah, that would be more intimate than a TED Talk. <laughs> a book club. Let's have a talking Tesla club. Hmm. No, no, that's not. So this is episode 119. It is special for many, many reasons. 119. 119. It is the first show of the year of the three. Let's call it that. Yeah, this 2017, we can't really call that the year of the three because it wasn't really being delivered in mass. <laughs> it, it was to... a year of the three being beaten as well as Tesla in the press. Right. And for New Year's Day, I got a little present from one tiny, tiny Australian man. Really? He showed up at my house. What? Driving a brand new blue Model 3. Whoa! And he said, I'm out front. You should come out. Whoa! And when I went out, he was standing aside it. Yes. And the door was open. Was he holding like one of those towels you guys use when you golf to catch all your drool? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with that one. Um, no, but the door was open and he didn't hand me the keys because right. there are no keys. Right. And it was already parked and on. Okay. So I got in it and I started to drive it. So my <sighs> New Year's Day, one of the first things I did Whoa. in the year of the three. Yes. Was drive a three. Wow. And did it you was finish pre- driving the three? I know you started driving the three. Did I finish driving? I mean, I'm not driving it right now. Okay. That would be, I mean, I wanted to. I was like, so what are you doing for the next two and a half hours? So, Tom, what was your first thought in that, like, 30 seconds that you put your foot on the accelerator and you were holding the wheel? Wow. It was cool. I was... There were a lot of things about it. So I got in initially and kind of set up my seat, mm-hmm. felt very comfortable. Did you save your seat settings? No, oh. I didn't. <laughs> I got in trouble when I did that in the X. Really? By, yeah. Was it Mel's wife or Mel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I did not do that, but I, I set my seats and I was playing around with it and I set the steering wheel. I played with the little nubblers on the 
on the thing, and then the multi scrolls. We started driving around, and honestly, it drives amazing. It's got a lot of pep, as Mel said. We're gonna have a little bit of audio. Another first three day impression audio of Mel. Mel's had it for three days now, four days, five days, maybe as this is released. Yeah, I'm really sad because I, I start. He he sent us that audio just what last night. Yeah, and I started listening to it, and he was talking about the problems. And shall we listen? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Mel Hibbert here. Uh, can't be with the boys again this week, but uh, no doubt that they'll be funny, extraordinarily insightful, and handsome. No doubt in my mind. So my job this week is to tell you about the Model 3. I picked it up on Friday. Many of you probably saw the uh, delivery video that I created and chucked up there on the tube that is you. And it's getting a whole bunch of downloads. Um, I'd like to think it's because I'm so handsome, but it's obviously because people are so interested in Model 3. So I picked it up on Friday. I've driven it a lot over the weekend, driven it to and from UCLA, going to the hospital, looking after the Kenyans, doing that thing. I drove it down to Oxnard. I even plugged it into a supercharger, not that I needed to, but just for like two minutes to see what pops up when you have paid supercharging. Now, that's nothing new. There's a lot of people out there with S's and X's that have paid supercharging, but I never had it done. So I plugged it in and it pops up and tells you this is paid, but it doesn't actually tell you how much you're going to be charged. And it doesn't tell you which credit card you're charging, so I haven't worked that part out yet. There was nothing on the app that explained it. I'll have to go onto the website and see if it's in uh, the back passage there somewhere. So you might want to know right now, uh, what does Mel think of the Model 3? Well, actually, I think it's a huge, huge problem. Um, Having spent three days with it, I really believe that this is a significant problem for Tesla. And there was a pause and a longer pause, and then they asked themselves, why? I'll tell you why. This car is so good, it's going to um, cannibalize S if they're not very careful. This car is so good, I way prefer it to the S. Why, you say? It's smaller. Um, It's not as fast. It can't carry as much stuff. I know, I know, I know. But it is like the perfect sedan-sized car for me. So it's a very personal thing. For me, it is the perfect size. It feels not just, you know, compatible with an S in terms of zippiness, but it feels more zippy. Now, I don't think the specs, the 0 to 60, is the same, particularly with I've got a dual 90. It does it in supposedly in like 4 seconds or 4.5 seconds, and this one supposedly does it in 5, which I think is a lie. I think it does it much faster than 0 to 60 in 5 seconds. But it feels, that's the key, it feels just as zippy or even more zippy than an S in a smaller form factor, which for many of us is just superior to the S. I have real trouble with the S width in terms of parking. There's dings all around my car. Um, I don't whip in and out of the traffic as much because I'm concerned about the size of that car. But the 3 feels incredibly responsive, incredibly zippy. It drives much more like a sports car. It's really a fantastic car. And then you add to that to the fact that the vision outside of that front window, because it's it's different curvature and the front hood, bonnet I was going to say, um, goes down much faster and the cab is further forward, you have a much better vision in the Model 3 than you do in the S. It's much more like the X. And in fact, I think it's superior even to the X. I also find the peripheral vision, um, the blind spots behind you are less in the Model 3 than in the S. I think that that touchscreen is absolutely beautiful. It's got a higher dynamic range, more contrast. It is way more snap, snap, snappy. 
I don't like the fact that it's not tilted towards you. I really wish you could tilt it towards you because stuff over on the right-hand side is a little hard to see. And so I think they can fix that, though, if they sort of make it more modular so that you can move stuff around on that screen. They should be able to do that. Whether they will do that, I don't know. But if they did that, that will make that screen even better. But i got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, having spent three days with it, having driven it a few hundred miles, I'm absolutely in love with this car. Now, if you chuck in air suspension and dual motors on there, obviously that's going to make it a lot more expensive. That'll probably bring it up. This one was like base, forget California taxes and stuff, 55. So if air suspension is five and dual motors is five, this could be a $65,000 car. But at $65,000, and that actually may also take the range up with the dual motors. That might take the range up to like 350-ish miles potentially. For $65,000, it's like the world's most perfect car. It's incredible. So I really think that Model S has a problem. I really think that they are going to have to do a significant internal ramp of that car. They're going to have to change things. They're going to have to improve uh, the screen on the S. They're going to have to do some things to really differentiate it because I think a lot of people that were stretching to get an S, like me, like I really don't want to have a $110,000 car. That's ridiculous. We'll go... But a $60,000 car that is absolutely beautiful in every way, drives like a tester as fast as fully electric, save the world kind of thing, done deal. So when I say this is a problem, I don't really believe it's a problem. I believe that they are going to sell so many of these. When people get to drive in their friend's Model 3 and uh, feel it and the zippiness and uh, how quiet it is and how much like a Tesla it is in a smaller package, in a package the size that many people want with that beautiful screen and with that glass that you can see through. I just think they're going to sell 1.8 trillion bazillion of these things. And if they can do the same thing by shrinking down the uh, Model X and getting rid of the Falcon Wing doors, if they can do the same job on the Model Y, I think they are going to absolutely crush the market unless people hurry up and catch up because that Model 3 is just a beautiful car. Now, I may be gushing too much. I'm sure that there are some issues that are going to come up. The coil suspension is not as good as the air suspension. It rides a bit more like a sports car, so you feel the road a little bit more, but it is very quiet. The back seats are really you know, big. There's not the storage of the hatchback of the S, so I guess if you need a lot of crap that you throw into your car, you're putting in seven golf bags and you know, groceries and you're carrying planks of wood, which the S is really good for. Okay, that's a consideration. But for an everyday driver, for a commuter, for zipping around town, for going on long trips, it's a fantastic car. Okay, doesn't have um, you know free supercharging, so that might be an issue. But just in terms of a car that you want to drive around town, you want to drive to work, the Model Three, I got to tell you, is just mm, I love that car. In fact, if I wasn't in a lease, I would get rid of my S tomorrow, and I would get a Model Three. Um, so I had the Model 3, I'm going to be using it, my son's going to use it, my wife's going to use it, the Kenyans that are in the house are going to use it, but for my car, I want the Model 3 over the Model S, and now I have to find out how to get out of a three-year lease without getting crushed, because I really want to get a Model 3 that has dual drive and air suspension if it comes out later in the year, and just take the S and say, love you, it's been great, but bye-bye, the car for me is Model 3. More videos, more talky talks about the Model 3 coming later this week. Thanks for listening, boys. Uh, go. Take off. Take off with the show. Do it. Discuss. Tom was in it. He can tell you. He can tell you. 
Thanks, Mel. Well, that was uh, a little bit of a cliffhanger I, I by Mel. I was surprised. Were you? Yeah, because, you know, I don't listen to you or Mel. Uh-huh. And so I started listening, and he started talking about this. This is going to be the biggest problem. And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> I turned it off. And now, wow, he really liked it. Yeah, no, he loves it. He kind of, he kind of, he spoofed me. Mel has run the whole gamut with that car. That's right. He has. He's like, I need it. I'm getting rid of all of my S's. I am. I. That's the car that I want. He's going to get rid of his ex. Yeah, I want to get rid of all of them. Yeah, like I don't need them. And then he was like, mm, you know what? I really love this new S. It's got the autopilot. True. It's got all this other stuff. I may not even get a Model Three. Right. I want a Model Y. I really want the Model Y. And then I want a semi. The day, of course. <laughs> <laughs> the day, of course, his configuration came. Boom! Right. He got it. Speaking of which, wasn't his configuration date? After your configuration date? Yeah, Robert. I think maybe because he they had a blue day. I have no idea. He got blue. <laughs> the the paint maybe is it, so beautiful on that. It does car. confirm one thing for me though. What is that? That someone who loves Tesla as much as I do mm-hmm. is still waiting. <laughs> Are and you still waiting? Mel, Mel, who has created the entire uh Falking Wing door hashtag fiasco <laughs> got his among us three first yeah do you still have a reservation for the model three robert you want to ask me if i'm still like on tesla's <laughs> list for anything have you have you called them like to, to angrily no angry, no, say, no 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 angrily oh. robert and you catch more flies or model threes with honey yeah. Than you do with vinegar. Or with a fly swatter. With a fly swatter. I'm pretty darn good with a fly swatter. <laughs> but, but then there'd be no one to make the cars. That's true. You know, I am now looking back over the last 24 hours of my emails. And though there are a lot of Google emails uh-huh. regarding Tesla, mm-hmm. there are no emails from Tesla. So here's what I would recommend. Yeah. I would call them. Yeah. And I would be like, hey, Tesla people guy, person, lady, woman who answered the phone on the other side. I was curious about a couple of things. <laughs> There's three of us, uh, all with very, very different Tesla situations. This one was mine, and I was under the impression that I would go mm, to the head of the line, as it were. What happened? Because I would really be curious. I really, really <laughs> But but you know what, Robert? Don't feel bad because as we will learn, some people won't get their cars until 2019. Or maybe even later. If I they... hope you're not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Maybe I ticked off that box uh, mistakenly that says right-hand drive. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe you haven't managed your registration properly. <laughs> Oh, poor Robert. I do. I, I got a tweet from a listener. I'm mm-hmm. sorry I don't have your your name at my lips, but I thought this was a, and I it had passed through my mind as well. Uh-huh. Is my sort of delinquency on buying a new roadster <laughs> somehow linked to my not being told that I could configure a Model 3? Why would that negatively impact you? I don't know. Just because I, I'm talking about spending another $200,000, they're not interested in my another $50,000. It's like, you know, Tesla, 
is really about sales. <laughs> when you really get down to it, it's really all about sales. So and I don't blame them for that. But... No, you shouldn't because they've spent billions of dollars to try to sell a product. Yeah. That's kind of their jam. Yes. All right. Let's get started with the <sighs> Patreons. Mel has also put out – Mel, who isn't on this show – <laughs> generally because he's very busy the times that That's we are true. able to record it is serious yeah he's very very busy man has been more prolific since his sabbatical let's call it yes from the show yes in making youtube videos he really wants everybody to be able to see what he looks like when he's speaking as opposed to the two of us who want no part of that yeah, whatsoever. He said, he said we were really good looking, but yeah. I think it's the opposite. He yeah, wants yeah. to hide our faces uh-huh. and only show his. It's true. How many different hats has Mel worn in the YouTubes that are talking Tesla? That's a quick trivia question for the nation. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, I'm sorry. But anywho, so we've had a lot, a lot, a lot of comments on his YouTube videos from the Patreon. 115,000 views. That's a lot of views. Yeah. Although I was watching a Marcus Brownlee uh, mm-hmm. video the other day, and within 24 minutes, he had over 3 million views. Imagine if we had <laughs> imagine if we had put our referral codes in the youtube video oh my goodness that would have been what a, a thought that would have been a great idea or what even on the youtube channel wow. i'll have to hack into that and see if i can get my uh, referral oh, code up there, there you go so anywho a few There's comments 30, from 30 29 days left i know no. only 29 days left but well, I'm, well they do i'm after. kind of cool yeah as long as i get my power wall. You're at the power wall. I'm cool. Yeah. yeah. You just need one more so we get invited to an event. Although it's very unclear about that because what it says very specifically currently on the referral code website, and we're just diverging as we always do. It says if you get them by September 15th or October 15th, I can't remember what the date is, some yeah. date that is not now, you get invited to the semi-reveal event. Oh, I see. It says that event very, very specifically. I guess I can say, hey, Tom, you've got your fifth referral. <laughs> Come on to the semi. Oh, wait. You were there. Yeah, you already did that. So, so we've done it. it. It's it'll, good. It'll probably be the early solar roof token. And since I have solar already, mm, probably not for me, but you never know. Maybe we'll reward that I to want a listener. Solar roof. Maybe I'll award it to you. Yeah. I'll give it to you. It'll be yours. My gift for $1 million. $1 million. All right. So Mel put out a video about the Model 3, and we got some comments from Patreons. Frank Cotton said, thanks for the info, and appreciates highlighting the difference between the suspension with the Model S, which is a big deal. Air suspension. Air suspension versus uh, standard spring suspension, which is different, but not different in a bad way. No. Different if you are used to driving a car, a Tesla with air suspension, you'll notice it. But my guess is after a week or if you've never driven a car with air suspension, you'll be fine. Yeah, that's true. And I like the air suspension mainly because I don't scrape the front uh, spoiler or the bottom of the car as much. Yeah, I scrape my daughter's Volt literally every single morning when I back it out of my driveway. And that's not necessarily a bad thing as long as you're not actually, you know, 
disassembling portions of the car yeah, as you're a, scraping. There's a little plastic skirt on the Volt anyways. I don't know how that what part of the Model <laughs> 3 that will be scraping, but we'll find out. I will report back. I did not pull Mel's into my driveway to see what oh, its scrapage would too be. Bad. But I will find out in two days. What? Two days. So you're still waiting. Yeah, I'm still waiting. Two days. How you think exciting. if I wasn't waiting, we would have anything else to talk about than me sitting in my Model 3, me sleeping in my Model 3, me eating in my Model 3, me uh, living in my Model 3. I'm glad you left off that last one you were considering saying. <laughs> <laughs> but I know what Show 120 will be about. Yeah. David Kisser? Kaiser? Kisser. Let's call it Kisser. Kaiser. Kisser. Kaiser. Well done as usual. Your ability to compare and provide real-world usage experience for all three Tesla models and the different versions of autopilot is insightful and helpful. And he's very uniquely situated to do that because he has all three. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? Uh, FP Diesel, insightful video. Looking forward to hearing more on the podcast. His prediction, 2300 Model 3 deliveries this quarter. And there is a... Tesla Motors Forum, uh, Motor Club Forum, mm-hmm. poll out right now Ooh. asking what's going to be the delivery number that we will see on the earnings call mm-hmm. in a few weeks. Yeah. And uh, what do you think, Tom? How many Model 3s do you think they squeezed out in uh, the last quarter of 2017? Do employees count? Yeah. Anybody who bought the car. 1,900. 1,900. I think that's actually the number that I guessed on the on the forum because that you put it in and there's actually a graph I'm there. not following you on the forum I didn't steal your information Robert if that's what you're alluding to at the no, moment No 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 oh, I was shoot. I was the same thing I was thinking yeah. you know how many deliveries a day in fact I asked Dennis uh, of the Orange County Tesla Owners Club, because yeah. he went and picked his up, uh-huh. I think, a day before Mel. How dare he? And I asked him, you know, he sent out a bunch of pictures. I think his VIN is actually after Mel. It may I, be. If I remember. Mel's VIN was in the 1400s. Wow. My VIN is in the 2400s. That's a thousand cars right there. Two days delivered within two days of each other. Well, but again, I don't know how they're assigning the VINs, right? We assume that they're being signed in situ, in order. Not. They didn't do that with mine either. In fact, my Generation 1 car was put out, and I really wanted the sensors on the bumpers. And I'd mentioned that someone had rear-ended me and just basically put a dent and scraped the bumper, uh, which I got repaired. But I thought... If I And I didn't have to replace the bumper after all. It turns out Tesla parts are pretty durable. So I thought I was going to have to replace the whole bumper. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, if I'm going to replace the bumper, I might as well put on the parking sensors. And so I sent to Tesla. I asked Tesla. I went back and forth. And I was told that it, it basically took them two weeks to use my VIN to try and figure out if my car could be retrofitted. And I said, well, don't you just say like, you know, on whatever, April 4th. We're going to change all the cars. We're going to use this new wiring harness. We're going to blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. No. They said, like, every car is an individual. It may be less so now. But back, you know, around my VIN, which is like 12,000 plus change, um, they were mixing and matching and changing and all this sort of stuff. And it turned out after two weeks, no, I could not upgrade my bumpers. Well, no bumper upgrades for you. 
That's right. But that's all right. Richard Chapman. Another Patreon. Another uh, Patreon commented. He said, awesome first Model 3 video, Mel. Thanks for posting. Good to see your real world use. And first impressions. Keen to hear all about how you go with it in the coming year. Have a great new year. And thanks for all you've done for the Tesla community in 2017. And for your incredible generosity with those Kenyan house guests. All the best for 2018. And we continue to hear good news from the hospitals. So yeah. that is good, 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 good Thank stuff. You. Thank you to everybody who's put their effort, their soul yeah. into helping young Ryan. Yeah. And thank you again to all the Patreons for all of your support last year and for your continued support into this new year of the Model 3, as it were. Yeah. It's great. We love you all. And we, we do. love doing this for you. And so... We're going to start off with a little bit of a story of seafood, if you would. You like shrimp? (laughs) I do, but I wouldn't say it's not my go-to thing. You're not like a Bubba Gump? No, I'm not like every week I have to have a half a pound of shrimp. I really love the shrimp cocktail at Malibu Seafood. Mm. I don't know if it's because it's maybe the greatest place in the world to eat a shrimp cocktail (laughs) right on the beach on Pacific Coast Highway, typically at sunset, Mm. and you can bring your own wine. That's true. And sit out on benches, which may have, never mind. Yeah. You have to clean the bench. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why, Robert? I don't know. What is wrong with you? I don't like the place as much as you do, but I do love a good shrimp cocktail, especially the big shrimp. I Uh eat it maybe Three or four times a year. Yeah. So I mean, it's not like us. So I, I'm not responsible for depleting the ocean of shrimp. But if we were in Maine. But if you were in Maine, it's a sad story. It is a little bit of a sad story. So it was in the New York Times. It's Maine's shrimp season without shrimp. <laughs> yeah. This is a New York Times article that I pulled just sort of to balance the news. I always like to keep things mm-hmm. as real as possible here on Talking Tesla. Real. And they say climate change? Probably. The <laughs> average winter temperature in the Booth Bay Harbor, which if you're not clear is Maine since we're talking about Maine. Mm-hmm. They looked at the temperatures since 1906 and the average winter sea surface temperature has increased four and a half degrees. Balmy. That's a big change. It's a lot in a hundred years. Yeah. And they said that in 69, that's 1969, they had the biggest catch of 11,000 metric tons. And there were over 200 shrimpers. That's the boats that go out just going for shrimp. And uh, at the time, shrimp was 13 cents a pound. That's 1969. You know what else happened in 1969, Robert? We landed on the moon. I was born. Ah. Two big deliveries. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I didn't. I was not, however, born on the moon. I don't know. Some people say you're pretty spaced. Oh, good one, man. So what's happened now mm-hmm. is that uh, this is the fifth year in a row that the state, the fisheries uh, officials in the state of Maine have said, no, you fisher boats. No shrimp for you. No shrimping. Because there's not enough shrimp. If you kill off the last few shrimp, where are the next Next generation's going to come from. I don't know. Where? Yeah. So bad news in Maine 
may be indicative of bad news elsewhere and food supply issues. I think we better, you know, I made a great chicken last night. Yeah. It was like uh, the chicken recipe from uh, the French Laundry. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think I better start learning how to cook crickets. (laughs) Because I think that our protein sources are going to be changing over the next couple decades. This is one specific shrimp in one specific area. And there is, there were in this article, to be fair, to be balanced, as it were, there were some shrimpers who thought the way that they were collecting their data might not have been the most accurate. They're doing sort of random trawling uh, across the bay in different spots as opposed to going to places where the shrimp are known to uh, conglomerate. Yeah. Well, data is critical. In fact, it is the most critical element and how you analyze it in science. Yeah. But I have to say that, uh, you know, our leader-in-chief says there's no... (laughs) global warming because look how cold it is i think he actually asked for some global warming because it was so cold on the east coast that's right bring back coal well i know i I shout out to my friend chris in freeport maine Mm -hmm. because uh, it was minus 10 last night so that should probably chill the waters a little more and maybe the shrimp will kind (laughs) of get it on that's got to affect some tesla range as well the minus tenors yeah that's why you got to do your preconditioning of your battery and make sure it charges that last you know, 10% right before you're getting in your car to make your drive. Although in Maine, to drive over, you know, 200 miles to get somewhere, that's a hell of a trip because Maine's not that, I mean, it's spread out, but the people aren't. You may have already left Maine if you're going full range. That's right. You're (laughs) you're down in Massachusetts. (laughs) All right. Uh, So a reminder. What's the reminder, Robert? About the boring company. Why is it so boring? January 22nd, (laughs) Monday at 7 p.m., the Culver City City Council Boring Company will present. And this is crucial because going from Hawthorne Mm -hmm. to Sherman Oaks Mm. is going to go through Culver City. Culver City is going to be one of the first stops on the Boring Company test tunnel. We all want to be there. Show our support. Make sure that the Boring Company gets a pass from the Culver City (laughs) City Council. Robert will be there. I'll be there. That's right. And, you know, maybe it'll be like our, our Vandenberg expedition. Maybe. Without the two and a half hour drive and all the traffic. Over the, in the sky, under the ground, whatever Tesla is, we will be. And an invite, Tesla, uh, LA, sorry, it's the Tesla Owners Club of Los Angeles. That's the official name. Use your words, Robert. Use your words. Yeah, we had to agree to this longer name because of the Tesla sanctioning. It's going to have its first event of the year. It's going to be a annual mixer. Ooh, semi-annual. And, well, semi-annual because we mix more than once a year. <laughs> and it's going to be at the new Tesla Service Center in Agoura Hills uh, on Canwood Street on Thursday, January 18th. Those typically take place around 6 o'clock, so you can get off early enough to go and enjoy the rest of the evening with your family because no doubt your family has no interest in being there because you are the established Tesla fanatic. How many Model 3s are going to be at this event, Robert? I have no idea, but uh-huh. being that it's over three weeks mm-hmm. from the time Mel got his, mm-hmm. I would say no less than three. But not yours, how about Sorry. yours? Sorry. You could bring yours. Oh. Do we have a, a sticker to put on yours? Uh, what kind of sticker? A talking Tesla sticker. I do have a talking Tesla sticker. Awesome. I saved a small one. So you're going to put it on the car? 
I saved a tiny one. You put it on it didn't make a whole lot of sense to put it on the GX. <laughs> so, no, 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 no. On the three. Yeah. 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 Of course I'm going to put it I think you should take three. it to the delivery center mm-hmm. and put it on the car right there. And we take pictures. Really? Yeah. Why do you think I should do that? Because you're talking. Are you meeting you me? Are talking. Are to you Tesla. meeting me at the service center? Sure. Anywho, let's move on. So we've invited people to a meeting. We've invited people to a boring meeting. We've invited people to a non-boring meeting. A mixer. A mixer, as it were. Does that mean there's alcohol? Yes. Oh, who brings the alcohol? I don't know, but I'll bring some. Nice. You Especially don't know, to, but everyone. But I won't bring a bottle of champagne unless it's a breakaway bottle, because if you're bringing your car, mm-hmm. shouldn't it be christened? No. Don't okay. hit the front of my car with no champagne bottle. How about bottle? we pour some on it? Okay. All right, I'll bring some champagne. That's fine. Sweet. <laughs> Uh, okay, so there is an impressive video. Let's get into the meat of the matter. Tesla Motorsports Instagram post of a video by at DXB on Instagram. Very cool. I caught this video. Mm-hmm. I saw a, a Model X standing on sand, and I thought, that's not a good thing. You know, it's a heavy car. Uh-huh. I figure as soon as you start accelerating and the wheels start spinning, it's just going to go... sink into the sand. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was going to be one of these fail videos. And then I watched it. My mouth dropped. My tongue wagged. I couldn't believe this Model X takes off, spinning wheels, sand flying, and it does this huge, like, infinity symbol pattern in the sand. Figure eight, infinity symbol. (laughs) I just just watched the, uh, I I grabbed out my old uh, Uh Caprica DVDs. Okay, good. Yeah. Great show. Yeah. And so this person, man, woman, driving the Model X, does amazing things fast in sand. And I thought, that's an amazing demonstration of four-wheel drive. Very cool. When I watched it, there were only six likes on Instagram. Now it's been seen like 25,000 times. But I totally recommend it. It's a juicer. Yeah. If you want to show somebody who likes to go sand, I don't know what they call it, you know, sand rails. Mm-hmm. People are really into that. And one of the Tesla Club fellows, yeah. George, is really into it. And I, yeah. I've never really understood it. But if I was to do it, I'd do it in a Model X. Yeah. Now and I wonder it, if how a 3 would do it. It didn't even look like it had any special tires or anything no. on it. It just went. It right. probably knew. He probably knew that sand very well. was probably a little firmer. But it's pretty cool. Check it out. It'll be in the shoe notes. Shoe notes. And also, so I don't know. So the next article is titled first used tesla model 3 sold you have some issues with that because we knew that there was some other model 3 that was attempted for sale but we don't know what happened so anywho what i can tell you is this is the first model 3 sold on ebay yeah does that matter that is so cool is it cool? It is because now I'm thinking maybe I should <laughs> is that buy how get both of my Model oh, 3s like early delivery and put them up on the market after driving it for a couple of weeks. Okay. The question is, what color would people want to buy from me? I'm a white kind of fellow. Yeah. Well, I mean, I am white, but I'm like my cars. I like to have white cars. Yeah. They look cleaner. They stay cooler. The but blue is pretty. Yeah, the black is pretty sweet, too, because the interior exterior would match. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So this individual put up the Model 3 on eBay, the same one Mel got. Blue, black. And and the same one you're going to get. I mean, the color, yes. But 
he got $75,100. That's a pretty good uptick there. That's about 19K. Take away some time, some angst. I mean, how did he feel ripping that little baby out of his garage? But maybe he wasn't, uh, maybe he's not an enthusiast. Maybe he's a capitalist. Maybe he got two. Maybe he's like you, Robert. Solid corporation. Buy one, get another one. Make save 20K. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a question mark here about temptation. Is this directed towards me? Yeah. No. You're not tempted. I'm not. Well, if I had a second reservation. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm not really tempted. Mel has a second reservation. He does, yeah. But I don't think he's tempted. The only thing that makes it interesting to me would be to put the additional profit into and weight, which I don't want to do anymore. Into the dual drive. Yeah. But otherwise, nah. Well, later down in this article, and this is why I mm-hmm. pulled and threw in that other article. That so, was from Clean Technica. That was from Clean Technica. If you scroll down to the bottom of the article, it's sort of, I wanted to corroborate this story mm-hmm. that Elon is in Chile. He is in Chile. And I thought, what? Until I realized that another fan sent me a story from People Magazine. Mm-hmm. I don't typically read People Magazine. So you say. Oh, Tom. <laughs> the People Magazine uh, article was uh-huh. all about Elon yeah. being in Chile kissing Amber Heard mm-hmm. again. Enough. But I've heard enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the first pun of the new year. Nice. <laughs> and But what's interesting is that the People article did uh-huh. mention the restaurant they were photographed at. Yeah. And it's called Taringa. Taring. Ta- oh, good. Let's, Taringa. Yeah. They're not even a sponsor of this show because, well, well but I'm wondering, is it a no good sponsor. restaurant? Should I put it on my list? Are you going to Chile? I don't know. I'd love to go to Chile. It's uh, wintertime. I, I have a list of some good restaurants I could send you to in, in Chile? Chile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. But you've not been to this one. No, sir. So you can't. We can't offer any, like, Not that one report. specifically, but we'll hook you up if you go to Chile, Robert. I, we have people. The, in the Clean Technica article, mm-hmm. though, they talk about reasons why Elon might be down there. It's warm. It is warm. It is summertime currently mm-hmm. in Chile. It's like California. But in the summertime. Correct. Okay. Why wouldn't you want to experience that? I would want to experience that. In fact, right now, I'm in this studio. Normally, the studio is very hot. Uh We have an air conditioner, Tom, that Mel thankfully installed for us, but it is not on. For you. My sweater is going on. My Uh sweater is going off. I have to do it silently. Having a very hard time dealing with Because it's kind of cold today in Los Angeles. Only 52 right now. Yeah, sir. People in minus 10 Maine are pretty (laughs) pretty wanting to hear you talk about how cold it is in your short sleeve (laughs) t-shirt. But. There's other cool things besides good food, Uh sun, warm beaches. There's a lot of people who could use solar power in Chile. That's true. And Elon happens to make a lot of solar panels. That is correct. Or he's going to make a lot of solar roofs. And you know what else they have in Chile? Uh, Mountains. They have mountains. That's true. Huge mountains. They have millions of things in Chile, by the way. (laughs) foot mountains that Uh happen to have once been at the bottom of the ocean that Uh got pushed up. And when they got pushed up, Uh all the water kind of dried out and they have tons of lithium up in the Atacama Desert. They do. Yeah, that is accurate. And that lithium is pretty close by boat to Fremont. So does Elon only go to vacation in places that he can do? Do lithium business? No, but I'm sure he's always thinking 
always thinking yeah. about the end game of sustainable transportation. Hey, Elon, would you like to go to France? Uh, no, they do not have lithium there. And they don't have cobalt. <laughs> hey, Elon, would you like to go to Spain? No, no lithium. He might go to France, though, because the uh, France has announced mm-hmm. they will no longer be giving any oil and gas leases in any French territories as part of their commitment to combat climate change. Go France. Woo! Well, can we move on? Because, again, oh, please. Elon and Twitter. Elon? <laughs> so, there's. I don't know how I feel about this. Elon, tell, tell me, Tom. Please. Elon is running a couple of pretty big companies, trying to start another pretty good company, the Boring Company. Yeah, and you know he's got some shareholders, and he's got a board of directors, and he's got a marketing team, and he's got all yeah. kinds of product folks, and yet he can't <laughs> seem to help himself. He's trying to put out four hundred thousand Model Threes. And then someone asks him a question on Twitter, and he just can't help himself. He writes on December 26, 2017, (laughs) so the day after Christmas, I promise that we will make a pickup truck right after the Model Y, (laughs) have had the core design slash engineering elements in my mind for almost five years. Five years. I'm dying to build it. Yeah. That – I love that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm excited. I love Elon, but man, focus, bro. Seriously. <laughs> Come on. And also, is this the best place to make an announcement like that? Is it? On Twitter? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, other people make all kinds of very large <laughs> announcements on Twitter. I know, but, you know, he's in this team is in production hell. And <laughs> he's not only saying, like, we're about to start working very vigorously on the Model Y, but he he moves even a step beyond that. Not the Tesla Semi, not the Tesla Roadster. Tesla Semi's done. Oh, it's finished. Yeah, they're done. They got nothing else to do. Elon, only thing Elon needs to do at this point with Tesla Semi Uh is just walk in. You you ever see the movie Brazil? Exactly what we saw is exactly what's going to get delivered. No, but did you ever see the movie Brazil? Uh Uh-huh. One of the best Terry Gilliam movies I've ever seen. It's wonderful. Of the four or five Terry Gilliam movies. They're all actually quite good. (laughs) But this one was my favorite. Uh And at one point, this dude is, I forgot which one of the troop Uh was walking through in a suit and there's like 10, 12 people following and following. And he's, they're handing him paper. He goes, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And he's just throwing out orders uh-huh. and ideas like that. And that's how I see Elon. The semi is done. They've done all the major work. And now all he has to do is say, no, I want that door handle to curve more so it looks more like the Model 3. Right. No, I want this seat to be made out of Corinthian leather. Or some other great, <laughs> you know, fake leather. Uh-huh. I want the the floor to have the pattern of the Tesla T with the, you know, the curvy thing on the top. So that when you get in there with your work boots from the, from the, um, from the work truck stop and you've got work <laughs> and you got, you know, mud smeared. I want to be able to see the T through the mud on the floor of the truck. He's going to give talking important about? details like that. Okay. But that's not the big work. No. 
Okay. All right. So that's fine. But what, not, what's but again, is the Twitter the platform? The problem I have with this oh, Twitter announcement. You have a problem with something Elon did? It's a miracle. Is that just a what? Seven minutes ago, uh-huh. Mel told us how much he loved the Model Three. Uh huh. Mel's gonna read this tweet and he's gonna go, Ah, enough with the Model Three. I want the Model Y. What? Whose accent is that? <laughs> Told you I was going to practice. Yeah, he's very swashbucklery in that particular. Well, he move does do right that Sousson yeah. thing. Yeah, that's true. On the yeah. videos. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. Now Mel, uh, he doesn't want his S, and he now he doesn't want the three, even though he's only had it for four days. <laughs> now he wants the Y. And he wants to be able to rent a pickup truck. <laughs> right. What is happening? No, he's fine. None of this is true. Mel is fine. He likes his Model 3. For now. Elon is a good guy. We're going to get a pickup truck. The pickup truck is a big deal, in my yeah. opinion. A very big deal. And should have fanfare and announcement-y things surrounding it. You know, I listened to a great podcast Last week, uh-huh. it was uh, the AI podcast that's put out by NVIDIA, uh-huh. and uh, there was an episode uh, where they interviewed a woman who used AI and Google imagery to look at different regions uh-huh. of the country and then correlate that with their political uh, voice. Oh, So to look at a particular like zip code, and that zip code voted Trump or Clinton, whatever, or Democrat or Republican. And what could you find from trolling those videos and looking at the neighborhoods? And you know what was like the strongest correlator to voting Republican was vehicles that were extended cab pickups. Now, I'm not saying that if you have an extended cab pickup, your political orientation is Republican, but it is a strong predictor when yeah. you look in groupings for, like, regions. But and saving so, the planet is not a Republican or Democrat thing, in my opinion. Well, I guess if you're, if you're not a politician and you're a voter, it probably matters to you a lot more that the world is changing for the worse. The politicians, they don't buy it or because maybe that's how their pockets get filled. But the bottom line is, if Tesla made an extended cab pickup, mm-hmm. I would be— really happy yeah. because that would bring us all together yeah. loving electric vehicles. So Elon, I know you got the idea there in your head. It's been, been percolating for five years. Make an extended cab version. <laughs> <laughs> now he's going to be on Twitter making another extended cab version comment about that. Well, I, could, right. I could engage him on Twitter, but I don't want to distract you, Tom. No, no, no. Let's move on to... Okay, so I don't know. If you've been listening to this show... For a very long time, You've been wasting a since lot of time. the Model X was <laughs> released, I'd like to apologize. No, um, you know that at that point we started talking about what Tesla stock was on the day Model X took a reservation. So when you yeah. when Model X reservations came out, you had to put five thousand dollars down mm-hmm. for this automobile, and that day was approximately twelve twenty eight. Of uh, 2012. Okay. Right? And so if you would have put $5,000 on that stock, it it was $33 a share. You would have bought 150 shares. And by the time the Model X was delivered, you would have had a 750% return on that investment, a $36,000 gain on a $5,000 investment. So as you know, when the Model 3 was announced and 
you were able to reserve it. On that same very day, I bought the same amount of reservation in stock. It was $1,000 to reserve the Model 3. I bought Tesla stock for the same amount of money. That return on investment has, oh, not been quite as good, but still a 26% gain. So again, this is kind of backward information for people who've been listening to the show for a long time, but it leads us into what's Tesla's stock price today? Hey, Google, what is Tesla's stock price? Tesla stock is trading at $320.62 a share on NASDAQ as of noon Eastern Standard Time today, up 2.98% from last Friday. Pretty nice. good. Pretty good. Good job, Tesla. I'm uh, excited to see what happens this month, January 2018, uh-huh. with the stock, given that Model 3s are actually coming out. And again, your VIN mm-hmm. versus Mel's VIN mm-hmm. are separated by 1,000. Mm-hmm. That indicates they've made more than a few cars. That's a lot of cars. That now, is. they may have skipped some of those VINs because, I don't know, something wasn't right. It was broken. They had to put it or they, they used it in a crash test or who knows what. Who but, knows? But that's really important information. And that tells me that when the call comes out, uh-huh. the earnings call. Yeah, that'll be a big deal. They'll say, you know, either they only delivered 900 or they delivered 3,900. And in that range, it's either going to make the price. Well, probably all of it will make the price go down because all these people are going to go. That's not 400,000. Yeah. But well, you sell on the news. We're on that S curve of the trajectory, the sort of like upward swing of the mm-hmm. S curve. And if they maintain that, a lot of people will be happy and the price on eBay will plummet. <laughs> Robert, let's go to a supercharger update, my friend. Supercharger week was pretty good. Not the worst. Pretty Not good. the best. Oh. We have 10 open superchargers. Ooh. Yeah. Three in the States. That is the States of United's. Mm-hmm. Three in Canada. Go Canada. Yay. Two in Spain. Then Belgium. Spania. Belgium and uh-huh. New Zealand. Ooh. Now, New Zealand, that's kind of interesting. You ask New Zealand. That is the third New Zealand supercharger. That's cool. Palmerston North. Palmerston North. It has four stalls. Ooh. And I looked. New Zealand now has three superchargers, each with Mm -hmm. four stalls. So I'm hoping Mm -hmm. that we don't have a revisitation of the Mel rant of a year ago of the lines at the supercharger. I don't know how many Model S's, X's are in New Zealand. Tesla does. That's true, but they don't share that detail with <laughs> right, but us. This is, but they use that data to build the superchargers. I hope so. So I'm hoping— You think that they are, there's a possibility that they're just like throw a dart at a map and they're like, oh, let's put four superchargers there? Well, I don't know how up-to-date they are, like how uh, equipped they are with superchargers in New Zealand. If there's like, you know, a thousand—I don't think there's a thousand Teslas in New Zealand, but I'm hoping that there are enough superchargers to satisfy the New Zealand contingency. So yeah. if you're a talking Tesla nationite in New Zealand, let us know if you ever have to wait in line okay. at the supercharger. Another thing, though, that I thought was miraculous, mm. you know, I've been working on my Canadian. In fact, I even ordered a book. Hey. Yeah. Uh, one of our listeners, and I think it might have been Trevor, mm-hmm. uh, sent me a recommendation for a Canadian book, oh. How to Speak Canadian. Okay. And so I can't really report on how good the book is because it hasn't arrived yet from Jeff. Jeff's... I can report on how good your Canadian is. 
I guess I can stand back, take a deep breath, and you tell me. No, uh, it's good. Come on, let's finish the superchargering. 20 stalls in the Laval, Montreal area supercharger. It's a, a lot. 20 stall station. And then I looked, Montreal isn't that big of a city. Yeah. It is a cold city, so mm-hmm. maybe they have to charge a little extra because it's really cold right now. Yeah. But there's five supercharger stations yeah. just in Montreal. What? You know the? what that tells me? That what? there's a lot of Teslas in Montreal and Tesla built superchargers to support the amount of cars there. I see. So you're you're trying to say that there's a logic to this. Well, I mean, if you're trying to say that there isn't, I'm very concerned about that. Sort well, of- I'm just not as confident as you are that Tesla has all the cogs of the machine in motion and well finely tuned, given the fact that we have lines still for superchargers here in Los Angeles. So I'm going to move on. Okay. Five are in construction. Okay. Three in the U.S., Ireland, Germany, and Japan. That doesn't make sense, but I think it's only two in the U.S. It says three in the U.S., I but know, I don't but... know. Your whole logic is out of control. It says Yonkers, Ireland, Skokie, Illinois, a place I've actually been. No, you're reading off. Yeah, so there's Skokie. And there's Fairfax, Virginia. Those are the two in the U.S. under construction. And New York. That Yonkers is also in the U.S. Oh, I'm sorry. It's list. Yonkers. Yeah. It's Yonkers and Skokie, Illinois. And Oh, Fairfax is in permit. Permit. So down we have the permits, two in permit. You know what? Let's see. <laughs> My coffee is still over half full. Okay, good. And the book is called Only in Canada, comma, You Say. A Treasury of Canadian Language. I am so looking forward to that. Thanks for the suggestion. And I am going to move it up a notch. That is exciting. Let's talk about space. Let's talk about Mars. Let's talk about other people going to Mars. These are the voyages. There's a bunch of SpaceX articles here. And then we're going, because it's been an exciting SpaceX-y kind of year as well. It's been very SpaceX-y. As well, 2017. Very sexy, space sexy. Very sexy, space sexy. And then we're going to get to the letters. But Robert, yeah, you really wanted to talk about Boeing is going to beat SpaceX to Mars. Yeah, this is an Ars Technica article that mm-hmm. really caught my attention because okay. I thought Boeing, Boeing Lockheed, which is this big organization that mm-hmm. combined to get billions of dollars from the United States government to mm-hmm. build I don't know what because it's <laughs> not been used very well yet uh-huh. or very much. But there's this article talking about Boeing that is uh, saying they are going to beat SpaceX to Mars. And I thought, really? I want to see this race. I'm so excited about this race. Yeah. But for me, uh, reading this article, the take-home point wasn't that Mars race is more. The prize is not really Mars. What? Nor the moon. What? It's who will be the first to replace the Russians in transporting astronauts to the space station. So Boeing says they're going to beat SpaceX to Mars. And from that, you extrapolate that really that just means getting crew to the space station. Well, where's the money in this? I don't know. Who wants to pay to go to Mars? Elon. A couple of people. Who knows? But it's going to cost like tens of billions of dollars or hundreds of billions. Mm -hmm. It's going to be very expensive without any immediate payoff. The same thing going to the moon. You know, we have enough cheese. France supplies us with a ton of cheese. There's no cheese on the moon. That is a misnomer. We've sent people to the moon specifically for the Roquefort and none of it. It's not made from cheese. Maybe they ate it on the way back. 
Oh, maybe. Or maybe there were mice in the spacecraft <laughs> and they ate it on the way back. And they came back and they got here and they said, here, we brought the cheese from the moon. And oh, they, oh it's gone. Sometimes I don't understand where this is going. Yeah. I don't understand. There, You know that the moon is not made of cheese. All right. The moon is not made of cheese. I do know that. Because if it was or made at least of I'm cheese, told that. part of the Earth would also be made out of cheese because the moon came from Earth. Isn't that where truffles come from? From the Earth? <laughs> <laughs> so, so the bottom line how is... How many people have turned the show Mars off? is, is uh-huh. like one of... It's like the moon missions uh-huh. that brought us all kinds of other stuff. This Mars race mm-hmm. is really about getting astronauts to the ISS. That's where the money is, and that's mm-hmm. how SpaceX is going to continue to fund the BFR. Now, if you go to YouTube and you go to Boeing's YouTube website, you can find their uh, video, much like Elon's video. Lockheed Martin? Or Boeing's. Okay. Is it on both? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Boeing Boeing has a video where they talk about their plan for Mars and getting people back and how they're going to land on Mars and how they're going to get people back off of Mars and how long people are going to be on Mars in the Boeing plan. So there is a plan. There's no part of that where... It turns into a gigantic Mars colony with hundreds of ships going back and forth. Boeing wants to go there. They want to get some rocks. They want to check it out. They want to see what's going on. They want to come on back. Similar to the Apollo mission where there's a a, a ship uh, orbiting Mars and part of that ship goes down and lands at Mars. And then a little bit smaller part of that ship comes back to the Mars ship that's orbiting Mars. Anywho. Take a look at it. There is a flushed out plan by Boeing. The race is on. TikTok SpaceX and Boeing. Let's get to Mars. Yeah, let's get this space race on. I let's like it. Let's get the space race on. And now Falcon <sighs> Heavy. Yeah. What's Falcon going Heavy. on with you and Falcon Heavy and your your love-hate relationship with going to see the Falcon Heavy? Well, I really want to see the Falcon Heavy. Mm-hmm. Luckily, there are photographs of the Falcon Heavy yeah. standing up in Florida on the launch complex pad, ready to go, uh-huh. but they're still working on it. And the time lapse. Yes. of a, and In fact, I labeled it on my Twitter feed at symbol R-R-O-S-E-N-B-L uh-huh. of a GIF uh, of the Falcon Heavy going from horizontal to vertical. It was cool. Very cool. In yeah. fact, that lifter mm-hmm. in, in, in changes how rockets are launched because for a long time they would they would bring the rockets from their like storage facilities upright all the way out to the launch pad to get them ready to launch. And now uh, they're swiftly going to be able to do it horizontally, mo- yeah. move them horizontally and just pop them up, which will enable them to launch at a much faster rate. The yeah. launch is supposed to take place this month. I'm looking here. One of our listeners sent me a very long email with lots of pictures, and um, the only thing that—and it's wonderful—the only thing it's missing is the date. Ah, there is no date. And so it's really hard to—you know, I can't do what I did with Vandenberg, just yeah. sort of hop in the mess no. and take a drive. I guess I could. You could. It would take me a couple of days to get there. You could drive by the, the Texas launch site as well. It would be a little detour down south, but that would yeah. be a cool thing to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we know it's going to it's going to launch that it's upright they're going to do some testing probably some test firing it's pretty amazing it's very large very large it's going to have a lot of thrust when it takes off and lands going to be very very impressive Sounds you know like what gonna... I hope for you Robert I hope you see it I hope I do too and I'll periscope it How much time do they have to give you notice wise for you to go really 
I guess it depends on how many dollars I spend on the airplane ticket. Right. Yeah. 48 hours, 72 hours. I don't know if we get like another 50 Patreon members. We're not paying for your trip. Well, okay. They're paying for EJ and CC to eat. (laughs) (laughs) One detail, though, I have learned is that the side Uh boosters will be returning to land on land. Yeah. At the uh, recovery site. Mm-hmm. And the booster. The center booster. The center booster will land on a barge. You're a barge. It's going to land on you. Isn't there a singer? Mary DeBarge? DeBarge. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. And so I'm going to skip to the next article. Oh, Which is skipping. that SpaceX. Well, we can go back. SpaceX? SpaceX is about to land on the next Vandenberg launch. <laughs> it's expected that they're going to land the booster on land. So this is very interesting, right? Because we have talked about this a lot and how the reason and and forgive me if I'm misinterpreting this, but the reason that they used the barges was because of the angle of the booster. It was so far out to sea at that point, they didn't want to have enough fuel to get it all the way back to land. But now we're hearing very different things that Elon would much prefer them to land on land as opposed to on those hilariously named ocean-going barges. And so this is because of technological advancement. The boosters Mm -hmm. in the Falcon 9 rockets have gone through multiple iterations. They've become more powerful. They've been able to put more fuel on the same booster in the tanks. They're using upgrades, changes. And so the current Falcon 9 has more capability so that they no longer are constricted from launching And then being so depleted of fuel that they can only come down on a barge. They can launch and flip the rocket and shoot back towards the launch pad and then land. So it's going to be faster to turn around rocket launches if you can bring the booster right back to the launch site or at least land it near to the launch site. So all you're doing is trucking it, you know, a mile or a quarter mile or something like that. And so this is my understanding as to why they are going to... Uh, they, they've already built the landing site at Vandenberg. They've gotten approval from like the Coastal Commission and mm-hmm. the fisheries and all this sort of stuff. But they have to have a backup plan. So if let's say they took off from Vandenberg and on the launch pad next door, there's like some super secret or nuclear or who knows what device that they're going to try out. That Maybe the not military nuclear, is right. playing around. Yeah, they've, they've got like their own satellite, their own missile plan. Yeah. And they don't want another rocket coming back to Vandenberg to land nearby Messing in case there's a problem. Yeah. yeah. So SpaceX has to have a backup plan and they don't want to do the barge way out off the coast of like San Diego, Mexico, which takes many days to get the booster. And it also exposes it to a lot more, um, uh, I don't know, ocean. problems with the ocean, more mm-hmm. time, more time on a boat. So they're building a barge just off the coast of Santa Barbara, 31 miles off the coast of Santa Barbara. And it's going to be a barge platform and they're going to be able to land boosters there. And that is the last straw, so to speak, before getting this whole thing ready to go. This is an article from the Daily News, which is a great local newspaper here in Southern California, which is, uh, you know, right in SpaceX's back backyard, so to speak. Yeah, it's going to be very exciting. SpaceX is an amazingly robust 
uh, launch company at the moment, which yeah. is planning on having four total launch sites. They'll have the two in uh, Florida, right? Correct. They'll have one that they're currently building on the coast of Tejas. Correct. That's Texas. And then Vandenberg. So and they could do a lot of concurrent uh, takeoffs and landings of ships in the future because they have a pretty good manifesto because they're so cheap. Everybody wants to put their satellites on top, Robert. Yeah, there's this Bloomberg article that says SpaceX, the dominant launch company worldwide. We will dominate the launching. It's going to happen. Very nice. Very nice. Thank you. So just to go through the numbers, SpaceX completed 18 launches in 2017. That's a lot better than 2016 when they had eight launches, though in September, two-thirds of the way into the year, they did blow up a launch site. They rutted it. Rutted it, exactly. <laughs> and that put a stop to all operations, no matter what, you know, either West Coast or East Coast. Yeah. This year, though, mm -hmm. so 2017, 18 launches this year, mm -hmm. 30 missions are planned. Wow, that's a lot. That's like a launch every 12 days if you spaced it out. That's a lot. That's that actually very robust. That is a quick turnaround time. Although Elon wants to be able to launch like, you know, within hours of each other. I want Elon to be able to do that too. I think it'd be pretty crazy. So the next most robust launch company is Ariane Space, which is the French company. And they did 11 launches in 2017. Good job. They're like government backed. This That's a huge organization. Well, SpaceX is somewhat government backed, Robert. No, I mean like Ariane is, I think like partially owned by the French government. Oh, all right. Maybe that's why they only launch 11 times a year. Maybe. And then there's United Launch Alliance, ULA, which well, is the this, that's the Boeing Lockheed Martin joint venture. Mm -hmm. They did eight launches. Hmm. So SpaceX did 18. Yeah. Boeing, Lockheed, eight. Hmm. One more and they would have had as many as Ariane and ULA combined. That would have been which would have been pretty cool. There are other launchers out there, but 18, I mean, that is impressive. Obviously, more than one a month, as you noted, and one every 12 days is pretty cool. We won't actually be able to report on all of them if there's one every 12 days, Robert. It'll just be too much. We'll have People to have... will get sick of it and be like, oh, uh, 10 more Iridium satellites. That's exciting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they landed again? Wow, that's wow, wonderful. That's pretty awesome. It's going to be like the supercharger report. I'm going to have to do the SpaceX launch report. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Then maybe we'll just have nothing but reports, but we won't because I don't want that to be the case. So the next thing we're going to do here to celebrate the new year are your letters. Thank you, everybody. We love your letters. A lot of letters, a lot of really good letters, as mm -hmm. always. I don't want to spot out this particular week as being better than others, but you know who you are. Ah! <laughs> Angela Greer sent us a letter about the Santa Clarita Supercharger, which is in northern section of Los Angeles, yeah. on your way from L.A. to the Tejon Ranch Supercharger. Yeah. It's a, a kind of a very busy area, potential for a lot of Teslas to be sold there. Yeah, yeah. As in, like, all the Teslas, all the Model 3s could be sold there. Yeah. Period. All 400,000 400, of them. All 400,000 in Valencia. Because there's a lot of traffic between there and the parts south mm -hmm. where people have to go to work. And there's HOV lanes. 400,000 autopilot Model 3s coming down the 5 from Valencia every morning 
That would be cool. That would be cool. They'd have to make the the 405, or as some people say, the I-405 or the San Diego Freeway. Mm -hmm. They would have to make like three carpool lanes and one regular lane. How would that make everybody feel? (laughs) People would not be happy. But the question from Angela, sorry to jump over on you. She's talking about what is up. The supercharger in Valencia has been planned for a long time. Very long time. Nothing's happening. And I had some insider information because I have a friend of a friend who knows a friend who has oh, a pal too? who has a buddy. Well, I got all this information who, too, but who, what's your information? I know somebody who works for the city mm. up there has been in the negotiations with the Teslas yeah. for a, you know, a service center as well as the supercharger. So, mm. Mm, interesting. Service center. That mm-hmm. would be a great addition. Well, evidently, uh-huh. this land on which the supercharger was planned mm-hmm. is right near a big development by a uh, shopping center. Oh, But they couldn't build anything on this land because there's an earthquake fault running directly through it. That's weird. I camped on top of the earthquake over the weekend, by the way. Literally, I was camping at in Big Bear. Yeah. There was an earthquake, 3.2, yeah. about two Ooh. miles, two tenths of a mile underneath me. Whoa. Literally, we looked at the, on the map and we were like on top of the mountain where that earthquake happened. And you're here to tell us about it. You didn't fall in. I survived. There was no fault <laughs> of my own. <laughs> oh, so genius. So they can't build anything on this land. No. This company donates the land to the city. Mm-hmm. The city says, well, we really need parks, mm-hmm. but we have no money to make a park. So the church next door, mm-hmm. this is getting complicated. It is, yeah. They decided they will get their donors to give a bunch of money to develop the area into a park if half of it can be parking lot for their church. Oh, that's nice of them. Yeah. Very altruistic. Because they're already parking on the dirt anyway. Mm. And this is where the Tesla supercharger was going to be. So if you go to church on Sunday to this church and you need to charge, it's a perfect situation. (laughs) But for the rest of the world of Tesla, it may not be a perfect situation. So the most important thing, however, is that Tesla's application for the permit was rejected on November 22nd. Thanks for your letter. Gives us the opportunity to talk in depth about this one supercharger. <laughs> it's very close to my heart. There is a charger, the J1772, at the sheriff's department up there that I have used to charge my wife's Tesla. Isn't that where you go stoning? I mean, where uh, I go curling. curling. Yes, I do go stoning there. How rude. <laughs> Joe <laughs> Dropkin. He, uh, he's talking about referral codes. Yeah. And I thought this, he, what I liked the best about his letter. What was it? I love the show. Oh, he does love the show. Thanks, Joe. I'm not sure about your question. Well, he but... was. I, we had had some questions about whether or not you could have a referral code if you didn't own a Tesla. That was something that somebody had asked. I see. And so what he is saying is that he does have a referral code oh. because he has a Model 3 on o- order. On odor. <laughs> <laughs> he has a Model 3 on order. So as part of his Tesla account, he was given a referral code. Oh. He hasn't even received his invitation, but anybody who has a Tesla product. So if if you if I only had solar right. from Tesla, which I do, yes, sorta in a backwards kind of way because I have Solar City, right? I would have a referral code based purely on that. So that was in response to a question. Apparently, even Robert doesn't 
pay attention to the show. I, I read his letter three times and I scratched <laughs> my head a lot. And it's the okay. bottom I'm, I'm line here for you, buddy. is that uh-huh. I know you need uh-huh. one more referral Uno mas. so that we get into some event. Laney 9300. And I need some solar referrals. You do. Because I really want Powerwall and early access to solar roofs. So, mm-hmm. Robert, 3177, mm-hmm. if you're into getting a solar installation, use Robert, 3177. And your warranty goes from 20 to 25 years. And you get free supercharging for life. If you buy a car. If you buy a car. That's right. Use the referral codes. People get your supercharging. I'm not going to have free supercharging. I'm pained by that a little bit. 20 cents a kilowatt. Aaron Snyder sends us a couple letters. Mm -hmm. Thanks, man. Falcon Heavy launch in January. Coming to Florida. Asking me a question. Uh, I want to go to Florida. Mm-hmm. If it's twelve hundred dollars and a night in a hotel and a car, and you know, if it's two grand, you'll I'm still not, be there. I'm not as excited, <laughs> but I do want to come to Florida. And actually, what would be the piece de resistance? Piece of resistance would be meeting all the talking Tesla fans in Florida. Maybe going out to dinner. That, that would, would be, be fun. the best part of Aaron- coming. As long if the Falcon Heavy actually launches successfully, that would be the best. But judging as though I think it might actually explode, like Elon said, I would be sad, but I would be bolstered by meeting all the talking Tesla fans. It's not going to explode. But Aaron sent a Vimeo, a link to a Vimeo of the recent SpaceX launch taken by a professional photographer in Yuma, Arizona, Mm. that I don't know if you had a chance to look at is spectacular. Yeah, this is from the very, guy who's in the helicopter. Isn't this the helicopter No, no, one? no, no, no. Oh, well, there's another one from Arizona where there's the newscopter, and they're up doing the, like, 5 o'clock news mm-hmm. for traffic. And he looks up, and he's like, what is that? It's really fun to watch because it takes him about 12 minutes. But then he nails it. Yeah. He goes, that looks like a rocket. And that looks like, you know, stage yeah. separation. Mm-hmm. So hats off to that news photographer. Yeah, good job, news photographer. No, this person set up four or five cameras of varying uh, lenses and shot a bunch of time lapses and edited them all together, and it's quite beautiful. It really is. The color is very nice. He's only had 350,000 views. Wow. I'm watching it right now. Totally worth 50 seconds of your time. Yeah, it's very, 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 very beautiful. Um, I'm so glad I watched this show. You should you should pay attention, everyone. We'll throw the Vimeo link uh, in. Thanks, Aaron. It's pretty good. The next letter comes from Ben Walden, and he wants to talk about autopilot accidents. He Ooh. says it's a great show and very interesting. And he bought a Model S in April, and he loves it. However, yeah. as we mentioned on the show, Mel, ad nauseum, the <laughs> autopilot Mel. still has a long way to go. Yeah. He's yeah. driven over 400,000 miles in his life. I don't know how he knows that. That's a lot of miles. That's impressive. You drilled 400,000 miles in the last six years, Robert. Yeah, well, I do drive about 24,000 a year. However, he gives two specific circumstances. Yeah. One, they're driving on the freeway mm-hmm. in autopilot. Yeah. There's a car either left or right. I don't know. But somehow he is holding, because of the autopilot, in someone's blind spot. Yeah. Now, this is like a, a thought. Hey, Tesla, let's think about this. If you have side cams on cars, mm-hmm. you can look to see if you're in somebody's blind spot. Get out of the blind spot. This woman who was driving just ahead of them 
merges into his lane, I think it was on the right side, uh-huh. and clips his right front fender Ding. at highway speeds. Mm-hmm. So this is like a really potentially bad accident. Right. And she didn't see him. And the car didn't move away from that position. In fact, Dave Mason talked about this coming down the 99 to the 5 to come to L.A. The car, their Model S, Dave and Jess, uh, would sit right alongside a semi in kind of a dangerous position. We talked about tires blowing out and semis kind of veering every so often. And the best place is not to be right alongside the semi for mile after mile after Mm -hmm. mile. The S does not, or the X does not get out of the way of that. At least Mm -hmm. my version, Autopilot 2 does not. So this was his first episode. The second is they were on Autopilot kind of sounds like off highway and doing about 50. They went over a rise, a turn and boom, there was a deer and it presented its flank to the car. He swerved. Thank God he was paying attention. And again, the deer clipped the same fender he had just gotten fixed. So first thing, Ben, would you go out and buy a whole bunch of foam and bubble wrap and just put it all over that right front fender? That's ridiculous. Why would you put foam on the front of a beautiful Tesla? It's going to cut his range down. He's in New York. That's that's a terrible idea. Don't do that. Ben. Well, he keeps bashing things with that front. Well, right stop fender. bashing things, but don't put bubble wrap on the front of your car. So we, Tom and I, spent like five hours, six hours together in the car last week. And whenever I'm in a place that the car has not driven me in autopilot, Mm -hmm. I typically sit in that position I once described on a YouTube that I did publish called the Tess Lotus Mm -hmm. position, where I'm sitting with my my feet are back off the pedals a bit. Mm -hmm. My palms or the back of my hands are resting on my legs and my first and second finger, my thumb and my index finger are like circling the steering wheel Mm -hmm. so that at an instant I can grab it. That I call the test lotus position. But on places that I've driven with autopilot many, many times, at least three, probably more like 20 or 40 times, There, I'm much more relaxed in letting the car do its thing. I am aware not to be sitting next to semis and staying out of people's blind spots. But for the most part, I think the autopilot does great in certain circumstances. Yeah, you got to be careful. I don't like even when I'm driving. Actually, that's the only driving I do. But when I'm actually (laughs) driving my cars, trucks, whatever they are, I typically don't like to be beside another car, especially if we're traveling at freeway speeds. Obviously, if there is a lot of traffic, that's an issue. But I don't like to follow very closely behind people. I like to give more than three or four car lengths, if if at all possible. And I don't like to drive alongside semis. I just drove most of the Pacific Northwest uh, in varying degrees of weather, which I'm not 100% comfortable with because we don't actually have weather here. So there was a lot of we just rain, have sunny weather. a lot of night riding, a lot of driving in the rain, a lot of driving on snowy, icy, slushy kind of conditions. And again, I like to stay very far away from other vehicles and cars. And I would like autopilot to do the same. So in two days, once I get my car and I start driving around, we will report on things like that. Where does the autopilot sit and where doesn't it sit? Well, one good thing is that I did receive an update last night. Oh, good. I know. Now I have operating system version 8.1 and in parentheses 2017.50.3 F3425A1. That one comes, uh, oddly enough, with extra chocolate on it. 
And this one is keep your windshields clear with automatic wipers in beta. Oh, wipers. So automatic wipers with a rain sensor, which is just perfect because it's supposed to start raining today. Yeah, it'll rain for probably four or five minutes. Well, but at least I'll see if my car remembers how to do this and it doesn't have to go through a learning mode. The Model 3, by the way, this is a little insight that no one had ever spoken about. It has the fluid coming out of the wipers, like in the newer versions of the uh, S's and the X's, I believe. Correct? That was a question of... I don't know where my fluid comes out of. (laughs) That's because it never rains here, so you don't have to clean your windows that way. But, but yeah, so when, uh, you're, when your wipers setup. go on, the fluid comes out of the wiper blade area itself as opposed to being shot up. Like an expensive from, German car. Yeah, oh, I love that feature. One of my faves. Uh, the next letter came from Madi Sharabadi, and I believe he thinks we're actually a Tesla podcast because he's asking when we have a plan to enter Iran, and I'm assuming that means selling Tesla. Tesla's in Iran. Uh, I don't personally have a plan for that. I hope that you can get this show on iTunes in Iran, but I don't know how what part of iTunes is is I, blocked or not blocked. That would that's something that's on like my bucket list. I would love yeah to drive a Tesla around Iran for two reasons. One, oh goody, visit the cradle of civilization. Yeah, that's true. I'd love to see yeah. all those places and you know that 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 it, that still exists, right? Mm-hmm. Not in not in Iraq because so many of those places have been destroyed methodically by ISIS, but to see the history of the cradle of civilization and in a country that pumps a lot of oil, Mm -hmm. one of the top five in the world, I would love to show them how amazing an electric car is so they could transition. And guess what they have a lot of in Iran besides oil? Sun. Sun. A lot of sun. So much sun. What a perfect nexus. I can't wait for all this political stuff. To blow over and everybody to just put their calm hats back on. <laughs> uh, the next letter comes from Joe Willette, Philanthropy versus Science. Yeah, this is a great letter. Thanks, Joe. I really appreciate your response. So he said, this week we mentioned a critic of SpaceX, last which week, was yeah. last week. Yeah, we exactly. mentioned a critic of SpaceX who said they should be feeding the poor instead of firing things into space. And he says this argument comes up all the time when there's a discussion of scientific endeavor. I come up with this argument myself. Mm. And I so, again, I, I have this argument with so many people. But it rarely comes up when there's a discussion about the high cost of preparing a city for the Olympics or filming the latest Star Wars movie. And why? Is it that people value science less than entertainment? Are people short-sighted? Is it okay for me to slug someone the next time I hear this dopey argument? No. I want to address that one. No, No, violence is not the answer. No, use your words. So use your words, Joe. Joe. Use your words. (laughs) And so Even though the person you're talking to lacks education to really understand your words, still stick to your words. So use your words. So while I do not disagree with you, Joe, the Star Wars movies are not paid for by taxpayers unless you count production subsidies, which I do. Uh, so maybe they are paid for by taxpayers. <laughs> and the Olympics are supposed supposed to make money when for the cities. That? When was the last time the Olympics uh, made 1984. Money? In Los, Los Angeles. Angeles right? We know how to do it. That was the only one ever. But I, I bet think, you, I the, bet you, yeah. the Olympics... Are they going to come here? They are coming here, yeah, for sure. Do you think they're going to make any money? I do. 
Oh. 100%. I can, I will bet you yeah. that the Olympics make money. The LA 84 Foundation, which is the nonprofit that came from the Olympics yes. the last time, is still donating money to local sports uh, in, in Los Angeles. So yeah. it has been. They have a center at UCLA. Right. It has been a legacy, and that legacy will be continued with this new Olympics because, again, the reason is we have infrastructure in place. We're not building. 15 stadiums and then knocking them down. We're not even building an athlete's village. They took that away. They were going to build an athlete's village on the banks of the LA River, which would then be used as low-income housing. And by the way, in Vancouver, the Olympic Village is an amazing, amazing place to live, right? Like I walked through it. uh... It's incredible. That was a money maker. That was. I don't money. believe that yeah, was a no. money maker. No, I don't know if in the end, but at least the athletes' village became apartments and condos or yeah. whatever it is for people to live in. Um, and so, thank you, Peter Uberoff and team. Yeah, yeah. But so the problem is marketing, and will always be marketing, right? NASA. This is not what NASA does. They don't understand. They're not sharing what comes out of what really comes out of the space program right so i did right. a little bit of research last night great job and uh so what do we get from a robust space program most, except for tax bills most important thing go ahead the dustbuster <laughs> i had a dustbuster once it? right no. so so the uh the apollo program specifically right uh there is a website and we will link the pdf and it talks about multiple multiple things that came out of just the apollo program alone the dustbuster because it had uh vacuum and they were making cordless drills they used that same motor to cordless make the drill that was on my list right the cordless drills retractable stadium roofs the ct scanner robert that's pretty damn good MRIs. Yeah, that hasn't changed medicine. For no, good. mylar. Mylar, and, very and, cool. And and since we've had the worst fire season in California's right. history, fire suits for firefighters were made better because of spacesuits for astronauts. So my, again, my favorites, okay. Velcro. Ooh, that's a good one. I'm big on Velcro. Yeah, solar panels oh, that work. Solar panels. That's hey, kind of a big one. You know, it's like quartz watches, mm-hmm. and of course the AICD, which is the automated. Implantable cardiac defibrillator, yeah. AICD. Pretty cool. Go, Robert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So totally awesome. So again, things do come out of the space program. Uh, Joe, we very much appreciate this letter. Gave us an opportunity to dive a little bit deeper into this for the peeps. And there you have it. Corey MDK and bug reports. Yeah, he asked me. Uh, to clarify bug reports because he went to his service center and in talking to them, they said, oh, yeah, we only download your bug reports. That is, you're driving along and when you push to talk on the right side of your steering wheel Mm -hmm. in the S, the upper part, it's got the little voice symbol. You push on that and you say bug report. Evidently, you can say report, note, bug note, or bug report. I just say bug report. Mm-hmm. And a little, you know, voice symbol comes up. It's recording you. You can give like a quick 15-second clip of what your problem is. Mm-hmm. And then it says thank you at the bottom of the binnacle screen mm-hmm. for your bug report. And he was told that they only download those when you go to the service center. Wah, 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 wah. My car hasn't been to a service center nine months easily. Yeah. And I sent this bug report back in November when I had revealed that in autopilot— While watching the car, it was going along Highway 1, the coast highway, and the left mirror, the driver's side mirror, Mm -hmm. struck some plastic bollards that were in the center of the road, 
because the car kind of veered over the left side yellow line that mm-hmm. I was very disturbed. I called in an immediate bug report. And then I called Tesla, the 800 number, and I told them and I talked to Sunshine. And she sent me a, an email as well as the autopilot team a couple weeks later that said, uh, thank you for the additional information. It was added to the concern. Our team is currently reviewing the data. You will be contacted once there's an update. Mm-hmm. I did get a contact, but I haven't gotten any kind of like resolution over yeah. as to why or come bring your mirror in. Let's buff out that brown black smear on your mirror. But I do believe these go over the air. That was the longest answer to a quick question. It was. But one thing that I learned on the Tesla manual, yeah, it says Model X, and I guess it was the Model X manual I was reading, takes a snapshot of its systems, including a screen capture of the touchscreen and instrument panel. So when you click the button, dink, and you say bug report, dink, the Tesla itself takes a screenshot of your binnacle display and your other, and a status report, and sends all of that at the same time it gets put into a package with your audio. So that's actually very, very cool. But what I don't understand is why Tesla hasn't come up with a no-touch system. And I wonder if this will ever exist, where instead of saying, instead of pushing the button and saying bug report, you can say, hey, Tesla, bug report like you talk to Siri. Right. Well, I know they have a no-touch system for accidents. Anything that deploys airbags, yeah. they will get a, a, a report as well. And I'm sure that these reports include things like the vehicle log. Mm-hmm. And in cars with Autopilot 2 hardware, I expect they might also take some video from the cameras, all eight of them, even though they're not using them to process the Autopilot instructions, they have access, obviously, to those cameras. And in a bug report situation, I hope they would take all that information and use it to make the cars better because, you know, they are paying a lot of money to AT&T in the United States to keep the cars on the net in the the, uh, cell system. They're on the family plan, though, so it's fine. That's true. We have a very big family. (laughs) Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think that makes sense that they would have some still photos from the cameras as part of that package. Pretty cool. Frank Auer sent us a email in regards to the grand tour on Amazon. Right. And that's the show I looked at. This is the three dudes, Clarkson. Uh, and I, I don't remember all their names cause I still don't really like them that much, <laughs> but this was from the second episode, the first I'm sorry, the second season, first episode, they ran the Rimac, which is the mm-hmm. Serbian or Croatian supercar, all electric, against a Lamborghini and a Honda NSX. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. It was fun to watch. The Rimac blew all the cars away, except it did need to be charged. And the infrastructure that they were, you know, in Switzerland wasn't so great. It wasn't a Tesla. So they didn't have the supercharger network they could access. But the bottom line is the car did really well. And he's excited that they're going to test a Model X. The episode has not yet been released. They've only released four episodes. So we're all sort of waiting for this. And Initial reports say Clarkson didn't hate it. Oh, he did not hate the X. That is a glowing recommendation for a car. <laughs> this that costs one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. I don't hate this car. No, I don't hate. This I don't car. hate it. Thank you, Jeremy, and yeah. thank you, Frank, for sending off that letter. So Brian Mueller had an injury. Mel's not here. I know. To be in simpatico 
with Brian. Brian's Brian's created a hashtag. Hashtag you are not alone. <laughs> so he was doing good work loading Christmas presents into his ex through the Falcon Wing door. And the door sensed a vertical obstacle, even though he was alone in the empty driveway. Door partially opened. He stupidly assumed it would be fully opened and walked into the corner. To which his daughter asked, why did the car spit blood on you? Yeah. Why indeed? Love he that. Asked. He even sends a picture. He shows us his triangular scar. If only, Brian, it was a little more to the center, we could call you Harry Potter. <laughs> and I don't know if you noticed the shirt that Brian's wearing in yeah, this he's photo. He's in the PA program. So that's very, very cool. Good yeah, on so you. This brings to mind a concern I have for those who live in seaward cities. Seaward cities? Yeah. Well, I've spent a lot of time time on Cape Cod and I there's a lot of birds, a lot of mm. big birds. And they <laughs> swoop and they come and like they think you've got food or they're uh-huh. gonna be able to you know grab something out of your shopping yeah. cart. Okay. And so you're at the store, your ex, you're approaching your ex, you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm gonna push the button in my pocket and mm-hmm. show everybody how great my car is. And you pop the falcon falcon wing doors mm-hmm. and some seagull flies just swooping over your car and mm-hmm. the door stops. You don't realize it because you're looking at the cute woman across the way who's eyeing your car with wow. your groceries and mm-hmm. bam. You walk into the door. You look like a dolt. <laughs> because your ex got, but maybe your ex could swat away seagulls Ooh. if they were coming towards you, right? Like it was, geez, it was protective. So <laughs> in that case, that wasn't the case in this particular one, but Brian, we're sorry. I hope they fix them. They'll fix them someday. David Sell writes us and he asks, remember, the generous Patreon supporters who live in your neighborhood, mm-hmm. we'd like a ride in your car, yeah. Mel. Uh, and my car. So <laughs> hopefully that will happen. Maybe what I will say to you, David, is this. Join the Tesla Club Los Angeles. Show up at the Agura uh, Mixer. Yeah. And uh, if you do that and you send me an email and I can work it out ahead of time, I'll give you a ride. That sounds like a f- fantastic In the Model 3. Offer. I might even let you drive it. What do I care? I might let you ride it, Robert. Really? Maybe. Wow. You're pretty tall, though. You might, yeah. You're going to set your own driver profile in that bad boy? No, Probably. I just want to. Actually, I was thinking of uh, coming over to Mel's the other day with mm-hmm. my son to see if he could sit behind me. He's 6'6", mm. or almost 6'6", and I'm 6'4", and to see if we could both fit in there and see how it does compare to the oh, Model S. That's cool. But David also writes... Uh, Something about all-weather mats, which is very near and dear to my heart. I joined the Model 3 Owners Club Facebook group yesterday, which was private, hmm. and they actually let me in. <laughs> Suckers. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Okay. And so Christine Eichen in the Tesla Model 3 wanted to know about all-weather mats because currently you can't buy all-weather mats from Tesla on the website. You can buy a cargo mat that covers the frunk, or you can buy a cargo mat that covers the trunk. But she discovered that the S's all-weather mats fit into the Model 3, front and back. Her husband did have to make modifications to the rear one, but they look pretty good. Uh, But I have a question for WeatherTech, who makes all-weather mats for the Model S. Are you kidding me? Why are they $250? Yeah, and they don't have have that pattern that I was describing with all of the Tesla symbols on them. That would be really cool. Yeah. Well, you know what? I would say that... uh, They're coming soon. And uh, the next letter comes from Ferdinand Niederman about hacking public charging. 
in Germany, and yeah. I tried to download this link, and I tried to find it in English, but I couldn't. But apparently, people are using public supercharging uh, access to get access to people's vehicles? Yeah, so you basically drive up to a public supercharger that mm -hmm. is paid for. And like here, we have the, what is it, charge point chargers, and they give you this little RFID card that you wave, and it goes to your account. We don't... I don't pay a lot for charging because yep. of my situation, but mm -hmm. in other places, people pay like going to the gas station. And if you swipe your card and somebody has jacked your account, yeah, instead of just the $14 you just put in your car, the $7, you might find that your bill at the end of the month is $1,000 because right. they're, they're sharing this with a bunch of people. And right, that right, is right. pretty effed up. And yeah, it says that cool. uh, they discovered this at the hacker conference, the chaos communication congress in leipzig germany and i hope you guys come up with a fix and that the companies who run these charging systems take your fix and fix it yeah yeah, yeah. so the media will put the link on this thing apparently there's some english somewhere but i could not find it um but anywho it would be you. good for electric or Teslarati to get the uh, yeah, transcript yeah. and put it in an article. Yeah, thanks for letting us be aware of what's going on uh, with people trying to do bad things with chargers. That's not very cool. Kenny uh, Armour Kenny is Armour, concerned about golf clubs. Yeah, as we all are. So uh, Mel, in not. his first video, you should be, Mel, in his first video, put his golf clubs in the back of the trunk. He was the first person to videotape himself putting golf clubs in the back of the Model 3. And Kenny wants to know, he doesn't like to golf alone. Nobody likes to golf alone. Me and Mel, we don't golf alone. We golf with each other. Can we get two sets of golf clubs in the back well, of the Model 3? what if I was interested in golfing, could we get could three we get sets? Three? I personally think that you probably can. Now, what I will tell you is, for sure, if you folded down one of the seats, because it's a split fold-down situation right. in the Model 3, you could get... Three sets of clubs, and then you could have a person driving, one person in the passenger seat, two, and one more person in the back seat, three. So my guess is if you have a nice threesome to go play golf, the Model 3 is your vehicle. I wonder, uh, you know, if I took up golf. Yeah. I'm actually, you know, looking at a house that's like situated between three golf courses. Oh, nice. Yeah. If I took up golf, mm -hmm. we could actually tape this show on the golf course, uh -huh. we could call it Talking Tesla on the Green. Yeah, Mel wants to do a show from the Model 3, which is very quiet. Yeah, well, the but way. the problem that I expect is that in golfing, I'm sure that there will be far more swearing, if I couldn't say that. <laughs> At least I would, because I know that I'm not the perfect golfer since I've really golfed like maybe once. Yeah. And so uh, there might be a lot more swearing. So EJ and Cece would be very disappointed <laughs> if they had to edit all that. You're out. an adult. You could you could uh, you could hold your tongue, I'm sure. Um, the next letter comes from Kyle Zolek. Maybe. Yeah. Zolek. There's mm -hmm. a WSZ. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce that. Bring up your, your Chicagoan. Wazolik. Uh, could Tom and Mel break down the process of Model 3 from placing an order to pick up? Uh, like, when did you get your financing, insurance? Did Tesla give you a time frame of when to do this? So this is how it goes. They send you the configuration. You uh, freak out, get excited, go in and configure your Model 3. And then there's four or five or six... Uh, items that are uh, red check marks of things that you have to take care of. 
Uh, one of them is name of the people that the car is going to be registered to, okay. the name of the insurance company and your policy number, mm-hmm. uh, if you're going to have a trade-in, how you're going to finance the vehicle. So all that information. And once you've gone through all five of those things, they all turn to green check boxes, ding, 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 ding. Mm-hmm. And then they will contact you. So I've bit, gotten a couple of phone calls from the same uh, delivery specialist okay. from Tesla, and she's the one who gave me uh, some options for pickup days and times and is uh, working with me to figure out how I'm going to pay for this vehicle because I'm not 100% sure about that yet. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, and so basically I contacted my credit union and got my loan, and now I will contact them again. And they, my credit union wanted to know when the delivery date was, which I did not have. And now that I do have a delivery date, I will contact them today, and they will probably do a wire transfer. Tesla sent me their routing information. Okay. So they will wire transfer the balance of what I'm not paying in the down payment. Show and me then the money. I will pick that car up. Now, Mel discovered this the other day. He called AAA yeah. to get to see how the Model 3 was insured, and it wasn't even in their system yet. He's like, don't worry but about they it. They couldn't click on right. a car in the system. They couldn't tell him how much it was going to be. Mel, the pioneer. Mm-hmm. Are you going with AAA? I am with AAA. I hope so. they find the button. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the guy said that you are covered. Don't worry about that. But I think what the situation is, is that it has to be underwritten still. They have to get it and figure out what does it cost? What does it cost to fix? What does it cost to repair, replace, blah, 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 all these other things. You would think the insurance industry would be a little bit more on the ball. Yeah, you would think. Another thing that's really interesting, and it's not really related, but it would be if you were in a major accident in your Model 3, which maybe at this point it would be totaled anyways. But if you lift up the trunk, If the trunk is up on the Model 3, the little safety sticker that shows how to turn off the Model 3, right? You know how you do it? How? In the the X, there's like a wire in the front that you have to cut. You have to open an access panel. In the 3, the... A, B, the C pillar, yeah. right? That where the C pillar would be, there's a, a horizontal curve that the last piece of glass where it comes together right at the trunk. Yes. And the bottom of that, you cut through that with a giant saw. So there's a, an image uh, of a sticker and it's got a saw cutting through the chrome trim Oof. right there to disconnect the battery from the rest of the car, which my guess means you need a new one of those after they've sawed through it. That seems like if your car is that effed up, uh, you're not going to worry too much. It seems like they would just have like a big wire cutters. No, it's a saw. You have to cut right through the metal, the sheet metal of the vehicle to to cut it off. But it, but the interesting thing is the place it's, it's in the very back of the vehicle on the passenger side. So, wouldn't really have any effect on the passenger compartment, right? Like it's not like you're sawing through a passenger. That is such a depressing thought. Can Sorry. we talk about like a feel-good story? So Alexander Molieri wishes us Happy New Year to the entire Talking Tesla team and a feel-good story, this which is such just, a great feel-good just story. Just posted on YouTube within the week. Amazing, amazing, incredible video. It's about a gentleman named Keller Ronaldo who is using drones in Rwanda to deliver blood and save people's lives. So instead of having 
uh, blood on site in all of these hospitals. The country of Rwanda has a central blood bank. Yes. And that blood bank is serving all of its hospitals, its public hospitals, right. with this drone delivery of blood products, plasma, platelets, and fresh red blood cells. And they're dropping them out of this drone. With a little parachute. With a parachute. It's when they're needed, on demand, and it's amazing. They have, since this program went into effect, they have not had any expired blood products that they've had to throw away, Robert. This is a fantastic idea because blood is has a very finite timeline that it can be used for, and there are so many variations that it's very difficult to have on-demand blood. In fact, in a large metropolitan area like Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. we often have to send for blood because the hospital does not have a specific type of blood for a person. That's why uh, people come into the emergency room and they like they're having an, uh, an attack of gallbladder and they need their gallbladder out. But if you do it in an emergency, you may not have blood for that person if something goes wrong. Right. So when they plan surgeries, one of the things they plan is to have blood on hand should something go wrong during the surgery. And so this system is fantastic. For me, what's most exciting is that I've watched many, many videos about like how drones can do all kinds of things, deliver a defibrillator to somebody who's dying and needs to be shocked. This is the first practical and in-process system that I have seen. This is uh, wonderful. I really recommend you watching it. It doesn't take more than, you know, whatever, a TED Talk, 15 minutes. It is a TED Talk. It is about 15 to 20 minutes long. These drones, once they're in the air, are fully autonomous. They drop the blood parachutes in the same place every single time. Right. It's been super, super effective. It's saving women's lives uh, during birth uh, yeah. and they start to hemorrhage. This thing is amazing use of autonomy. And thank you so very, very much, Alexander, for sharing this with us. Uh, Patrick Wiggins. <laughs> I don't know why the segue is now terrible. Yeah. But uh, fart cars is the subject line of it's this wonderful. particular letter. Yeah, he's asking us about sending us emails or voice messages or so-and-so. Don't, we don't do voice messages much at all. I haven't heard one in ages. But mm-hmm. um, he wanted to make a one-time contribution to the show. Mm-hmm. Thank you for offering that. I would say just become a Patreon and then cancel it if that's what you want to do. Just <laughs> make sure the amount you put on Patreon is you yeah. know, enough to justify all your time and helps us. But yeah. the funny thing mm-hmm. was that he... Uh, heard a quote from his friend that they started calling ice cars, gasoline-powered cars, fart cars mm-hmm. because they're loud and they stink. Mm-hmm. And it turns, it seems to be catching on. Kids and friends are using this term. Oh, there's a fart car. Uh, you know, they're all fart cars where I'm at, except <laughs> once in a while, I'm very excited to see there are a couple less fart cars. But it would be great once the tide turns that people kind of have this social shaming pressure to get an electric vehicle. Well, I mean, I drove all over the Pacific Northwest, and I will tell you this, there are a lot less Teslas and other electric vehicles up there than you see on a regular basis in Los Angeles. It's because we need that pickup truck, Tom. No, that's not why. There's just, you know, again, we live in this bubble of Los Angeles, and once we get out of it, you realize that, you know, again, Tesla's made 200,000 X's and S's. They're spread all over the globe. Yes, we get a lot of them in Los Angeles, but we would love to see that kind of saturation all over the world. 
I have a couple things I wanted to say before this last letter. Okay, go ahead. One, mm-hmm. Iridium Next. Did yeah. I talk about that? No. They have 75 satellites. You were right. I know. The big thing in the sky, that big glowing thing. Uh, the sun. Fusion. Yeah. Yeah, not fission, fusion. Okay, fusion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you know, sometimes when we're here on the show and the mind's running and you're thinking the next story and mm-hmm. you're, you're juggling four or five things, it just shows that, you know, the incompetence. We get excited. <laughs> we just are trying to share. We're not experts. Have you driven your wife's Tesla since the last two updates have come out? No. Okay. So this is something I've noticed. Maybe I'm I'm the first and maybe I'm imagining, but mm-hmm. I am almost positive that regen has changed. Okay. So when you would fill your car up totally, 100%, yeah. and you start driving, there's no regen because oh, the car has nowhere to put that, that regenerated electricity. Not even so 1%. How much? It's so, if it's there, it is so little as to be unnoticeable. Interesting. So like you're approaching a light mm-hmm. and you're like, oh my God, I got to put my foot on the brake all of a sudden because, so it feels really unusual when you're above like 90, 95%. The car does not regenerate like it did before when you're only between like 20 and 80%. So 90, 95% would mean that it's it's probably the regen doesn't have enough power in its process to put more into the battery because the battery's so full. You know how like the battery slows down when it gets higher. It do- it won't take a charge. I wonder if it has to do with that yeah. sort of yeah. amount of energy. Yeah, you can't force more electrons into the battery because the battery's almost full. So you have to, you know, allow the car to just roll on on its own. But oh, now, with the latest version, uh-huh. the eight point one update with that long parenthetical. Uh, sub name. Mm -hmm. Uh, The last two updates, the regen feels like when you first take your foot off the accelerator, Uh it does not regenerate with the same robustness. It does slow the car down nicely, but Mm -hmm. it's changed. It feels different. I'm concerned. My wife has mentioned the regen has felt different lately, but we're not ever at a hundred percent state of charge. Yeah, me, me neither. So that's very, very interesting. So we do have one last letter from team. Tim James. Hi, team. Spaceballs. No, <laughs> Spacebound. Spacebound. He says, hi, fellows. I'm glad at least one of you, Tom, actually reads these <laughs> and attempts to comprehend the content. The oh. news media and some podcasters. <clears throat> keep Present making, company excluded. <laughs> keep making the same mistake. The Roadster is going to Mars orbit, not to Mars, which means it's simply following a similar path as Mars. I also read in some astronautical journal that it's actually intended to be an elliptical orbit that will oscillate between Earth and Mars. Yeah. And so, you know what I'm expecting? Mm-mm. That amazing Vandenberg launch. I expect that was an, uh, an art installation by Elon. He actually <laughs> had them plan to do all of this maneuvering of the first stage. And, you know, the they shut down the rocket for the max G forces. Uh, what do they call it? Uh, Q, max Q. And then refired it up. I actually hadn't seen that before. But I think they, they made it more dramatic to show it off. And I expect. When the Roadster, in its fairing and all, are floating about in space, maybe the fairing will be off of it, it will impact Mars after 2040 when we have a number of dozens of people, maybe a few hundred or thousands of people living on Mars. They will have this amazing show. Oh, my God. 
there's that roadster was made back in 2007. Yeah, there it is up there flying around. And maybe it'll be, it'll be set up with like parachutes or some kind of, you know, airbag around it so they could land it on Mars Mm -hmm. and like drive it. I hope they're going to at least put some like cliff bars or something in the back of that thing. Some astronaut ice cream. Oh, that's good stuff. It'd be like a nice storage area just in case you... You run into it. So, and then he would also like us to spare a quick thought for the Australians. We have been complaining ad nauseum about waiting, 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 waiting for the Model 3s. And we do realize that a good portion of the planet, the right hand drivers among us, yeah. will have to be waiting until next year. And it's the beginning of this year. And that is a bummer. Well, Tim, here's my advice to you there's this thing, it's called eBay. Stop. Go on eBay. <laughs> buy yourself a Model 3. You'll pay a little extra. A little extra. How about the shipping the thing to Australia? That yeah. Can't be how about cheap. the duty to get it into Australia? The problem is if he pays, mm-hmm. what well, was the cutoff? I forgot it was $66 US thousand mm-hmm. dollars. If you pay above that, you have to pay like an additional right. import tax duty in Australia. And how about the supercharging not being the same either? No, or is it the I same in the Australia? Same it's in Europe and China that it's different. I saw one of those for the first time recently. It's a very different attachment. Fascinating. But let's not go into that. It's, Let me just make out one last oh, pitch. But it's the end of the show, Robert. It is the end of the show. All right. If you've listened this long, then you probably <laughs> like the show. Go oh. on iTunes. At the, today, we have 238 reviews. Mm. We would like to hit 250. I stopped plugging that a while ago. You but did. I think by the end of January, we should have 250 reviews on 300. iTunes. 300. 300. Do in I hear 350? 300 because it is the year of the three. Going once, going twice. 300 reviews. We're gone. Happy New Year, Robert. Happy New Year, Next week, we'll talk about my Model 3. Woo! I am excited. Uh, You'll probably show up early so you can drive in it. (laughs) three-sighted? I don't know. Happy New Year, everyone. Adios. Talking Tesla is a production of Fully Boo Incorporated. Hosted by Mel Herbert, Tom Wolfson, and Robert Rosenberg. Edited by Eliza Jane Barnes. And produced by C.C. Herbert and Mel Herbert. To support Talking Tesla, go to patreon.com forward slash talking Tesla. To find our referral codes, go to talkingtesla.net forward slash about. And finally, if you love the show, go write us a review on iTunes.